brand over coffee conversations are with different experts and inspiring individuals. They may be different in what they do, but they all share one thing in common. They all create, develop, and nurture brands. These conversations will highlight not only their expertise, but also their experiences. And I hope these could help answer some of your questions and inspire you to build your own brands and take your businesses to greater heights. My name is Andrea Ferri, founder of the Creative Brand Studio and your host for this podcast. When you're ready, let's talk brand over coffee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Brand Over Coffee Conversations. On this episode, we will talk about branding and business. Does branding really play a critical role in the success of a business? How can a business do branding right? These are some of the questions that we will try to answer today with my guest, Stephanie Crespin. Stephanie is the founder and CEO of Reflant and Style Tribute. Prior to running her companies in Singapore, she worked for Procter & Gamble in Europe. Hi, Stephanie. It's good to have you on the show. How are you? Hi, Andrea. It's, thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you. Yes. So to get started, Steph, can you just please share with us more about Reflon and Style Tribute and what you do? Sure. So I started my entrepreneurial journey um, with Style Tribute. So Style Tribute was launched about seven years ago. It's a secondhand luxury marketplace and it's based out of Singapore, but it caters to Southeast Asian uh, customers and actually ships uh, globally. Um, so that was, uh, that was my, my first venture and building up style tribute. I started, you know, uh, thinking about how brands and retailers could also capture this booming secondhand market and be part of it. Um, because we are selling on style tribute, their pieces, their items. So out of this uh, reflection was born uh, Reflant, which is a B2B technology and that helps brands and retailers embrace secondhand and, and actually we empower them with circularity by allowing them to allow their own customers to put back on sale their past purchases. So yeah, so those are the two companies that I've started and, and which are in the resale space, both in, in tech and, um, and what else. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear more about your story in building both Reflant and Style Tribute and how you're able to actually do this in less than a decade. But first, I want to know, Steph, in your experience, how important is actually having a brand in the success of a business? How important? It's extremely important. I think um, for, for us, I've seen it for, for Style Tribute and Reflant in two different manners. I mean, the experience of the importance of branding was different in both cases. Uh, so for Style Tribute, branding was extremely important because in the secondhand business, you have a huge barrier um, to purchase, which is trust. Um, so as you know, you know, counterfeit is a huge issue that we are confronted with. So branding was extremely important to build that trust and that credibility to ensure that you know customers would purchase at style tribute, and then for reflant, it was a bit different. Here, the the reflection was more about uh, strategic brand positioning. So it's not about brand design or brand name. It's really how you know 
are you a customer facing brand? Are you a B2B? Are you, you know, what's the scope of your business and how do you position yourself in regards to the customer? And for Refront, these questions were extremely important because, you know, one of the questions that comes up sometimes is why wasn't Refront part of Style Tribute, right? The answer to that is that uh, Style Tribute was a customer-facing brand. It was a retail, a distribution channel. And for the vision that I had for the second business, I had to uh, build a brand that would allow brands and retailers to trust me with the fact that, or trust the company with the fact that they would still own the whole customer journey and customer experience. So I had it, I had to build basically a company that would look like a high-tech company, a white label company that didn't want the spotlight in regards to customers, right? Because the whole point is making sure that the customer journey and the whole resale experience is within their brand ecosystem. I don't know if it makes sense, but it was, you know, a whole reflection that we had around uh, Reflant versus Style Tribute or versus other marketplaces that we really wanted to differentiate ourselves. But I think it makes sense because me, I I was really an avid customer of Style Tribute when I was still in Singapore. And as a customer that really helped knowing that I would be getting my secondhand pieces from a reputable company, from a reputable business. Yeah. And so the image that you really had for or that you really have for Style Tribute is there is very solid, you know, that is trustworthy, that I get my money's worth and I'm not going to be getting a fake piece of whatever. Brand, right? yeah. So that's very important. And I do see why you actually decided to, to brand it differently, uh, reflaunt. So that you don't really have that confusion. So your customers for Style Tribute are really totally different from, say, the customers of your Reflant B2B customers. Absolutely. There's really no confusion. So I do get it. And it's actually very clever, very clever from your end. Okay, so staff, I, I was mentioning to you earlier One reason I think that you are so successful in the space that you're playing in right now is because you've really been one of the first movers. But I want to know what made you decide back in 2013 to actually start Style Tribute? What made you decide to get into the circular economy space? Yeah, I think it was uh, many different elements. One of them that contributes to that was the fact that in my studies, I had kind of studied the uh, circularity and environmental economy, which really interested me. Uh, I've always been a fan about fashion, but never dared to think that I would do any sort of business in that because I felt that was, you know, a little girl's dream and not really uh, something reasonable and uh, serious enough for me to to start doing. I I did business engineering, so, you know, it was very number-driven and not so much in the artistic world. But so there was already this interest in, in both domains, which is everything that touches upon circular models, environmental models, and uh, on the other uh, spectrum, you know, the fashion uh, industry and category. And then I would say the second thing that kind of ticked was when, you know, back in 2008, we started seeing different industries other than just the fashion industry 
move towards sharing economy models, right? So you had Airbnb, you had the bikes, uh, you had Spotify. So seeing the whole economy uh, transition towards shared economy business models kind of made me start thinking about how that could be applied to fashion. And I just thought it made so much sense from every perspective, from a financial perspective to a sustainability and environmental perspective. Interesting. And as you were creating the Style Tribute brand at the time, what were your considerations? What were the non-negotiables for you? Uh, so the non-negotiables for me for Style Tribute, I don't know if I'm going to answer your question, but it's true that uh, it, it wasn't really for, for Style Tribute as such, but I knew that my first business, because it's not, I didn't wake up one day with style tribute idea as my first startup. I had plenty of ideas. But my, my, my reflection around what I would launch first, I had some non-negotiables. And non-negotiable criteria was, one, I wanted to start a company that had a proven business case and proven model. That was one thing. Uh, the second was that it needed to be digital and needed to with scalability, right? Uh, that's what, what interested me. And the third uh, was uh, that it needed to have some way of improvement in regards to how things are done today. So it needed to have some environmental improvement or some sustainability improvement in how we do you know, business or fashion or whatever at that time. And then finally, I think, you know, the, the final more, more personal criteria was it needed to be in a domain or something that, that I could really be passionate about. Because as an entrepreneur, you know, you shed so much blood and tears. Mm -hmm. You, you want to, to, to be able to minimize that. And I think you do that by launching a startup in, in what you're really passionate about, right? Because then it doesn't feel like work anymore. Yeah, yeah then it's worth a sleepless night, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, yeah. What about the challenges, staff that you encountered while building the Reflon and Style Tribute? Can you talk us through some of them? My God, yeah. So <laughs> many challenges. <laughs> um, so I think the first challenge that I met was, I think it was people. So that was, a. Uh, that I think is, is always very challenging, continues to be challenging. At each stage of the company, of course, the people challenge is a bit different. But starting off, I guess, when you have no credibility, I would say no legitimacy as an entrepreneur, I think it's, it's the, the people difficulty is that you have a hard time hiring and attracting you know, key talents such as tech or engineers or people that complement you, right? So I think that was my, my first big challenge. The second challenge was, I would say, well, funding was always a key challenge. And that's something that I'm, I'm approaching completely differently uh, with my second company. But the funding part, I think that most entrepreneurs are confronted with. Uh, I've, I've had situations where I was receiving funding while I was delivering, you know, I was receiving the SMS of the bank saying, okay, your, your money has been transferred. And then one hour later, my, my son was born. Moments where month on month, you know, I was, I thought I was going to go bankrupt. I had that 
you know, even eight months ago, we thought we were going to shut down a sell tribute and then things just turned around and we doubled sales, you know, and we're able to, to, to change the trend in the direction. But those were the, the most challenging and toughest times I can think of. And then I think for, for me as well, the big challenge is being choiceful. Uh, I think that's very personal and that depends from one entrepreneur to another. But for me, uh, as I'm uh, opportunistic and I see, uh, you know, areas of improvement or I can see, you know, uh, opportunities everywhere, I tend sometimes to, to spread myself a, a bit too thin. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think for me, that has been the biggest challenge is being much more selective, much more having much more diligence in focusing on on one thing after the other, other and creating more of, of roadmaps in and uh, in, in how we, we rolled out improvements or or iterations of our product. Mm-hmm. Going back to your point on funding, do you think it helps if you have a good if your startup has a good brand already? Would that help in the funding? Um, would that attract investors? Yeah, of course. I mean, investors are consumers, right? So mm-hmm. if they're not touched in a certain way by your brand, they're not going to invest, right? Because they're not going to be convinced that you can sell your brand to any other consumer. So it starts with that. I mean, except if the investors don't know anything about the industry. Mm-hmm. And usually if they do invest investors have a tendency to to be really educated in what they're they're going to invest i mean it sounds like a sound investment if they know a bit about it they, they're not going to invest if they don't see the capability and the entrepreneur to sell a product uh, and to have good branding for sure yeah i remember two years ago i was part of this uh, tech fashion startup as well and one challenge yeah. that i saw it could be very difficult to convince the internal stakeholders that branding goes beyond just having a logo a nice looking website and you know a catchy headline or like nice looking content on your social media a lot of and i have seen that and there's nothing wrong with that because you know these are important as well but i think based on my experience having been in the advertising industry and working in marketing i always know that branding is more than that more than the surface so to speak yeah you know? definitely yeah i mean it's a personality right it needs to be felt across all touch points, right? And uh, your execution, it's part of your branding as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, your whole customer journey, your whole customer experience is part of your branding. So, yes. so yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not about your logo only or the copy or the look and feel of your website is, is how you, it's basically how people are going to interact and experience as well your brand. Yeah. So, yeah, because of my training, I remember I was always questioning things, you know, is the product really addressing the user needs? What are the pain points of the user? Are we really you know, having enough testing and interviews to make sure that the product we create is relevant? And again, to your point, it's not just it's not just the surface, the, the logo, the headline, the social media. These are all like icing to the cake. You know, you need to still make sure that your cake is well-baked and good and that's the foundation and if you know branding done right it really 
affects everything about your business, from your product development to your operations. One very good example that I know is Fenty Beauty. So Fenty is all about inclusivity, so beauty for all. And I remember when they launched, they launched it simultaneously in different markets, and they were shipping straight away to like 100 plus countries. And again, because that's going back to what they want their brand to be known for as beauty for all. So they also have, for their product, they have more than, I don't know, 30 plus foundation shades so that they could cater for everyone from the lightest to the darkest skin tone. And again, these are product development tasks, but because of the importance of branding and to really make sure that everything is aligned with what Fenty wants to do, which is offer beauty for everyone, then they really make sure that everything, all the elements of the business is aligned with this. And I think that's the reason, you know, why it's really strong and why even LVMH invested on it. So yes, personally, I also think that branding is important, not just for the big businesses, but even for startups. And we have seen that with, with Style Tribute and with Reflant, right? Yeah. What about Steph? What makes Reflant? Because I, I just want to talk about it because it's your newest baby. What makes Reflant the brand so special? So I think what what's special about Reflant is, I think it, it's it's an interesting question. Uh, I think where it really differentiates and comes apart is that it's a high tech company, right? It's a pure tech company, yet it seems like such a, um, uh, you know, uh, a simple, seamless kind of button that you could have anywhere. And the way that we want people to see Reflant is that it's part of your life. You know, you have, you should have a Reflant button anywhere to be able to resell your item. And the experience should be seamless, easy, in a click. And that's really, you know, how... We want people to to imagine reflant, and and that's how we we sell it. Of course, it's extremely complex in the back end, right? Because you have to have so many components to build that product and to to offer that simple one click kind of experience. Whereas you know we're we're talking about one item that is purchased and then resold on globally on across different marketplaces you need to manage the communications you need to manage the logistics you need to manage the customer experience on two different ecosystems we also manage you know the the certification so the traceability of the product so there's a lot of tech challenges but yet the way that we want people to think about reflant is really seamless easy one button one click kind of customer experience that is part of your life and that is kind of like an evidence, right? Mm-hmm. And and people, you know, when, when we talk about reflant, I love it when people are like, but yeah, of course, you know, I, I think I thought about it as well, you know? It, it's funny because <laughs> some people are like, yeah, I thought about that as well because it sounds like so uh, obvious, of course. I mean, why wouldn't we... We, we, we shop in certain areas and then we resell it in others. Why isn't everything completely integrated in one long customer journey, right? It, when we explain it and once you, you get to, to, to grips with it, you, you kind of wonder why it doesn't exist yet, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the feel that we want to give. Yeah. And I must say, I checked out the cost resell because you just launched it here. And I must say it's very easy. Huh? So I registered and as what you said, it's very seamless and it's very user-friendly, which I think, you know, when you're thinking about the backend, I'm sure it's such a complex thing to do. But once it goes to the customer, to the end consumer and user, which is me, and I see it flawless and very easy to use, then I think you've really done such good work. So with, with the cost, it's a bit different because they ask for a peer-to-peer marketplace. Now, the, the next improvement and... Yeah, tech improvement will be the connection between their cost firsthand mm-hmm. and their cost secondhand. So the idea is that you go in store or you shop a product in oncost.com. Uh, Whenever you're, you know, you're tired of it, you go back to cost.com. You don't even have to go to cost resell, and you have your items that you purchase with a resell button at that moment you click resell and automatically the product gets listed on cost resell right so you won't have because today on cost resell you still need to add your pictures mm-hmm. the the whole technology and innovation behind reflant is that the pictures the description the size the material all of that has already been done it's been built up by the brand once they put the products uh, online So why not give you the ability to reuse basically all that information so that once you want to resell, the listing is already created for you. And the whole broadcasting of the items across the different marketplaces is also also simultaneous and done automatically for you. Does that make sense? You guys have really thought well about it, huh? I hope so. <laughs> so, okay, Steph, as we end the conversation, I just want to ask you, what would be your tips for entrepreneurs and businesses as they create and build their brands? I would say, number one, choose something that you would see yourself doing in, for the next 10 years, weekends, evenings, etc. Uh, so even if you have a great idea, but you, you're not passionate about the domain and the, and the space, don't do it because there's, there's high probability and chances that you won't succeed the first time, but you'll want to build upon your experience and the challenges that you've met in your previous startup to be able to start a second startup or a third startup or whatever in the same space so that you build those capabilities and each time around uh, you leverage and you capitalize on, on that experience. I think for, for me that has been a huge learning is to see how much more ease I have building the second company in the same space because I build up so much experience, so much knowledge on the resale markets. So I think that's that's um, the first thing. Uh, often we say, you know, choose something, a, a domain or, or uh, an industry or whatever in which you're passionate because you're you're going to be working on it for the first startup. But I think actually that's valid for the next startups that you'll be building afterwards because of that high probability that you'll fail the first time around. So I would say that's that's my my biggest tip today. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree with that. I tell myself, what is it that you would do without getting paid? <laughs> that's, I think that's a filter of, you know, what's your really, what is it that you're really passionate about? And that's very important. Okay. And last question, what is the biggest lesson you've learned building your companies? The biggest lesson I've learned personally is 
realizing that entrepreneurship is not a sprint, but it's a marathon and that clearly successful entrepreneurs are going to give themselves wholly to the company that or the startup they launch. However, it's not, not sustainable and you can't be a good entrepreneur by, you know, doing too much compromise on your personal life, on your family, on your friends, and, you know, having the whole support system around you. The first years I started entrepreneurship, I was working day and night, weekends. But after four years, I felt so tired. I just wanted to, to close down everything and, and take one year off and, and not think of, of anything else. Whereas now I think I've learned a lot having kids. I think that teaches you a lot. And I feel empowered, energized every day. While clearly I don't put the same hours of work, but I see it as a passion that I'll have from, for, you know, uh, for life. And so I, I, I take care about the rest, right? I take care of, of myself, of, of my health, of my family. And, and I think that's my personal uh, learning and, and the, the journey I've been through that was the most difficult uh, was going through that, uh, that learning. Yeah. And just from, you know, from someone who has been following you and have been really proud of what you have accomplished, I think you're doing a good job, Steph, really. <laughs> you're doing a good job. And I, I always say, you know, you, you're saying you're stressed, but it doesn't look like it. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. It's very important. So, yeah, thank you, Steph. And I think, you know, as we end, I just want to share my takeaway from this conversation. We live in a time when it is so much easier to become an entrepreneur. We see it. You have a lot yeah. of support, I think, for new businesses and for startups. But that also means that competition will become more and more intense, right? So, you know, what you think is a very special product will be easily copied or even improved. So branding, positioning, and marketing will play an important role. And I think businesses that are able to really acknowledge this and get into this are the ones that would survive and thrive. Thank you again, Steph, for this wonderful conversation. It's inspiring to hear your story and really proud of you and what you have done for Reflont and Style Tribute. Take care. Thank you, Steph. Bye. If you enjoy listening to Brand Over Coffee Conversations, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Please do not forget to share your reviews and help spread the love on social media by tagging hashtag Brand Over Coffee. For questions, comments, and topic suggestions, you may reach me on Instagram at andreaa.ferry. Thank you for listening to Brand Over Coffee Conversations. Thank you.